In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Becky Harling. That's right. Becky has a degree in biblical literature as a sought-after speaker and Bible teacher at women's conferences and retreats from all across the country. She's the author of The Extraordinary Power of Praise, and yeah, she's also a pretty good friend of the program. Becky, thank you so much for joining us again here on Mornings with Tom and Tobby. Hey, it is great to be with you guys. Well, it's great to be with you, and especially during this Advent season. And uh, you wrote just recently, and you asked this question in your blog. It was about how's your soul? How how does a person even check in on their soul? What is that part of ourselves, and how do we know that we might need a, a little uh, time a little time out? Yeah, I I think that's a really good question, Tobby. I think that during the holidays, there is this inner hurry in each of us. You know, we got to get the next thing done. We got to accomplish everything on our to-do list. We got to get all the gifts. We got to get them wrapped. We got to attend a million events. But every now and then, we need to stop and maybe even with a journal. I'm a huge fan of journaling. And just kind of have a little check-in with our soul. How is my soul doing? The way I do this is I start by asking, what am I feeling? Am I feeling hurried this morning? Am I feeling fearful about extended family events? Am I feeling stressed because of deadlines or whatever? Mm -hmm. And just writing down what we're feeling and then turning that into a prayer so that the Holy Spirit can enter and help us quiet all the chaos in our souls. Okay, that is really powerful. Journaling definitely helps open us up to see, uh, it's like a window into the soul. And then I love it that you don't just start, start th- stop there with venting it out. You turn it into that prayer. Sometimes our prayers are full of our anxieties. How do we leave them with God? Yeah, you know, sometimes I need a a physical reminder, you know, I'll wake up in the morning maybe and think, oh my word, my soul is in chaos. I've got a thousand thoughts going through my mind. And so as I I first write those out, as I said in my journal, and then I literally open my hands, close my eyes, and visualize placing all of those into the hands of Almighty God. And I ask the Holy Spirit to bring His calm to my soul. And then I praise Him that He does that. 
Well, you are joining us right now in a conversation with Becky Harling, and uh, she has been asking this question, how is your soul? And giving us strategies to check in through journaling and offering prayers and then seeing ourselves actually give our stresses and problems over to God. But Becky, there's also a story that you have shared, and it really demonstrates how once you've gone into that time of check-in, sometimes God will compel you to a time of silence. Tell us how you came to that. Yeah, so um, in the, it's such an interesting story. In the fall of 1816, Joseph Moore, a young Austrian priest, he wrote the lyrics to Silent Night, and then he gave it to a friend who put that uh, the lyrics to music. But during World War One, something absolutely profound happened. Pope Benedict had called for a ceasefire during the war um, for Christmas Eve night and for Christmas to celebrate the birth of Christ. But neither the Germans nor the English were willing. But on Christmas Eve night, German soldiers were in their foxholes and British soldiers were in their foxholes. And Walter Kirchhoff, who was a German officer, but also an opera singer, laid down his weapons, stood up and began singing Silent Night. Mm. And he sang it first in German and then in English. And as he sang, other troops laid down their weapons and they began to sing with him, the English soldiers and the German soldiers singing together. And I just find that story so profound Mm. because it was like they had a Christmas Eve service between two warring sides. Really, it was a ceasefire to worship God for coming to our earth. And I, I love that. But as I think about that story, I realize we need moments of silence and ceasefires in our own souls. Oh, first of all, that story is beautiful. And it's like improbable that this could happen and that they both sides were willing to do it and did it together for that higher purpose of worship. And how do we bring that, though, that same idea of all the things that are warring inside of our minds and souls and hearts How do we bring that type of peace there? You know, I think it begins with the power of silence. I mean, Psalm 34, 7 instructs us, be silent before the Lord. Psalm 46, 10 reminds us to be still and simply know that he is God. Psalm 62, 3 asks us to wait in silence before the Lord. And so we we start with silence and we ask ourselves the question, who am I warring with? You know, it might be family members. Mm -hmm. You might be engaging in mental arguments with family members before you get together with them at Christmas thinking, oh man, I don't really want to be with this person. And then in the silence, the Holy Spirit can bring conviction and we can just let go of those arguments and realize our focus might just need to be listening, loving and understanding that family member. And then within yourself, there's always a war going on in our own self, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we, we think through different things that we're not, we feel we're not measuring up to. There might be self-criticism going on. We might be wrapped up in morbid introspection. And again, the Holy Spirit says, you know, just be still 
and know that I love you. I love you just like you are. And just getting silent long enough to receive his love this Christmas. You know, open your hands and surrender to God's love. Our souls need that silence to recalibrate and to lay down our weapons. You know, some people need a ceasefire with God because Mm. they're unhappy with the way God has answered their prayers or they're disappointed in God. And maybe this Christmas they need to say, God, you are God. I am not. I don't understand your ways, but if I understood all your ways, you wouldn't be big enough to be God in my life and just lay down your weapons of warfare against God. Okay, that makes so much sense to me because I remember the sense that I was fighting God when I felt like he owed me basically certain things in my life and that why did other people get those things and I didn't and it was a war and it was it it caused a lot of inner turmoil pain doubts questions and I had to I had to release God from my own expectations of him and really come to to see him in that awe of your God and I'm not and there are things that you can do that I really it doesn't matter my opinion Yeah, I think, you know, as humans, we have this innate tendency, particularly, I would say, here in the West, to think that our intelligence is so great that we know better than God, right? But if we did know better than God, he wouldn't be God, right? And we wouldn't be able to trust him because he would be a human just like us. You know, I always go back to the end of Job where Job says, I used to think this about you, God. But now I know this about you. And coming to that conclusion, God is God. I am not. I need to simply trust even when I don't understand. And it's hard. And you're hearing from Becky Harling. We're talking about the power of silence to really be an open door for God to speak words over us and to change our hearts. And Becky, you always have these great strategies, uh, some that you use yourself and they're tried and true, and then you um, can share those with us. So how do we create more peace within ourselves? You know, one of the things that I do, Tabby, is I get up really early in the morning while it's still dark. Now, I know some people are not early morning people, and that's fine. You could do this at night after everybody in your house goes to bed. But I just, you know, I sit in silence with the Christmas tree lights on, and I just take a moment and just say, Lord, thank you for coming. And I might just sit there for a few minutes in absolute silence, enjoying the lights of the tree and the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. Another practice that I practice that I can't underscore enough is between Christmas and New Year's every year, I take a day of prayer. I, you know, I don't engage in other activities on that day. I generally read through the book of Isaiah that day, Hmm. but I'm reading it through asking God, where do you want me to focus in this new year? What are your plans for me? Because sometimes I have plans, but they're not God's plans. And when I get quiet long enough and I lay down my plans and I say, okay, Lord, what do you have for me in this new year? He makes the path clear. 
Okay. I love that idea, that day of prayer, focusing towards that new year and um, getting his input, getting, because yeah, I tend to rush ahead. That is one thing about me and, and to slow down. And I love that you're meditating, you're reading scripture and you're just waiting for him. I'm sure with your prayer journal, writing those impressions down. Yeah. And I, I just, I write down patterns that I see in scripture. Like if there's a, a phrase that keeps reappearing that I feel like the high, the Holy Spirit is highlighting to me, I'll write that down. And I look back through my notes from that day and I'll just say, okay, Lord, it seems like this is what you're speaking to me about. You know, it might be that he he wants to impart greater wisdom to me. Or I remember one year I kept seeing the phrase abundant provision and I kept thinking, okay, what is that about, Lord? Um, and I don't think it was about getting personally wealthy, but during that year, my husband ended up resigning from a job and God provided abundantly for for us. You know, Mm -hmm. it like came out of the blue enough to pay our bills and to keep going. And so we, we need to create the space and the silence to actually hear from God. You know, we always think of prayer as talking to God. Well, Prayer involves that to some degree, but it's to be a conversation. And that means we have to be quiet long enough to listen to God. Mm, So true. I don't know if you've ever taken like a a silent retreat. I've always wanted to. I haven't done it yet um, to take like a weekend of silence. Yeah, I have not done that yet. I know one of my daughters has, mm-hmm. and I would like to try that at some point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, when I take these days of prayer between Christmas and New Year's, I, I in this season of my life, I can have the house to myself because my husband Steve will go off somewhere and take his day of prayer somewhere else. And then I have my house to myself. Now, when you do it in your own home, you do have to be careful because it's easy to see things like laundry and dishes and, you know, all the things. But, (laughs) but, you know, usually I can focus pretty well and just say, Lord, here I am. I'm yours. I want your part for me for the new year. So I'm really looking forward to that next week as we head to 2024 that's a highlight for me well i want to do the I listen same. to worship music uh-huh. in that season as well you know and that because that helps focus my mind on the wonder of who god is 